You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. Hi, I'm Marimar. I'm a compulsive eater, restrictor, bulimic. Hi, Marimar. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I have to say a couple of things before I begin. One is that I am feeling extremely intimidated, and I'm telling myself that I shouldn't be speaking because I don't work a how program. Um, So I'm just going to say that. Um, But I am choosing to trust that my higher power wants me here and that I have something to say. Um, the other thing is that I was, um, on Thursday I gave my first talk as a professional in my career, um, and it was definitely, it gave me a little bit of a high to be like, oh wow, that was so amazing. And so I'm having to remind myself that this is not that set up at all. I'm not here as an expert, whatever I do in my career doesn't matter, uh, and I'm just here to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, and people can like it or not like it and take what they like and leave the rest. Um, and so those are all reminders for myself. Um, the last thing I'll say, this is all the things that are distracting me and obsessing me. And so in a way, um, I need to do this to really contact my higher power and be able to speak my truth. So the third thing is that my family is coming for Thanksgiving and I live in a one-bedroom apartment with one bathroom and for them, with my husband, and for them is the most normal, logical thing to come and stay with us, mom, sister, two nephews. Um, and so this year, for the first time, my mom suggested to stay in a hotel and I said, no, no, that won't be necessary, don't worry. And my husband is like, what do you mean it's not necessary? Like. Anyways, I had to call her before coming here and saying, Mom, I think you should stay in the hotel. And she said, okay, perfect, I'll book it. But I am feeling like the worst daughter on earth. Like I can't deal with my guilt. And that is all my disease. And the reason I was able to make that call is thanks to program. So that's why it's relevant here, but also because I want to leave it outside and be able to focus and be present. So thanks for letting me say all of my caveats. Okay, so I've been in program for four years and seven months. I, I started coming to program before that for like two years, uh, not really committed, never really thinking that I belonged, always um, judging a lot. I feel like every time I was in a meeting, I felt better, but then immediately my disease convinced me that I had nothing to do with those people and like, that should never go back. And so I just did that for two years. And when I went back to being desperate, I went back and then I stayed for a couple of weeks and then I went out again. And But finally, four years and seven months ago, I got desperate enough that I got to um, a meeting. And so how I got there and what happened before that, um, 
I grew up with a lot of distorted thinking about food and body image. My first nutritionist appointment was, I think, at the age of 10 or 11, because my mom was convinced that I had to lose weight. Um, and to this day, thanks to program, I look back at all of those pictures and it actually breaks my heart that they convinced me that I was fat, because I was not fat. Um, and from then on, like, now I look back at pictures and I'm like, I don't understand when in all of these pictures was I supposed to be overweight? Like, it looks pretty normal to me. Um, but my brain got distorted. And so from then on, I, to this day, I am not able to assess whether or not I'm in a healthy weight or whether or not I'm in a healthy um, body shape, I guess. I have, I think the biggest um, sign of my disease is my body dysmorphia. It's pretty, pretty insane. Uh, so grew up always dieting, always obsessed with my weight. Um, and as I say, now I look back at pictures and it actually makes me really sad because I look pictures, for instance, when I was a teenager with all of my friends in the beach and they're all in bikinis and I'm like completely covered. But you can see that I was a completely normal teenager by the look of my arms and my face. And, and I'm completely covered. And I remember vividly those days where I was just traumatized. I didn't want to make the trip. I wanted to get sick so that no one would be able to see my body. Um, I was just very obsessed. Um, and so what that turned into was a lot of dieting, a lot of isolation, a lot of Uh, messing up my relationships based on my body. I actually had, um, it's been a while that I feel very sane and so it's hard to remember those days and ways of thinking, but um, I used to uh, measure my relationships by my body type. And so in my mind, all of my relationships started where I was really thin and all of them ended because I got really fat. Um, and I have to say that all of this, it's never been more than 10 pounds up or down, which, I mean, I don't think you have to have, or I have to have 10 pounds overweight, but it's never been more than that. And I've always been very um, just distorted. Um, the other thing that I think uh, makes me really qualify for this program is I remember when I started working the program, reading the first step, uh, and I qualified to all of those things, making the people that live with me miserable because I yell, because I'm upset, hiding and not picking up the, fr the phone because I don't want to see my friends. Um, being extremely anxious and worried and just really trying to control absolutely everything that happened in my life. Um, constantly feeling like I don't belong wherever I go. Um, um, and then finally what really, really was happening when I finally made it to my first committed meeting uh, and the day I made my sponsor is I my marriage was falling apart. Um, and now, because what 
made us go past that madness is my recovery. I think I can fully, um, my husband has his things and that's not my business, but I can fully attach what was happening in my marriage to my disease. Like I was in the bottom of my disease. I was completely obsessed with controlling every single thing he did. I was, my food was a disaster because I would, we would start fighting in the morning and so I wouldn't have time to eat breakfast and so I would go to work being completely stressed and crying because we just had a fight and now I don't even know what we were fighting about to be honest like but it seemed like a disaster like it it was an awful house to live in Um, and so then by 10 a.m. I would go to Starbucks and buy like three packages packs of cookies and eat them all like so then by noon I wouldn't be hungry so I skipped lunch and then by two I had to go to a further Starbucks because I didn't want the same guy to see me that I'm buying again the same cookies and so I eat three packs again and then a total disaster uh, so the, my bottom was not really eating any real foods eating a lot of Starbucks cookies uh, and just being very miserable and feeling like my life was completely out of control. And so I, but when I went to my first meeting, I wasn't there for the food. I was there because my marriage was falling apart. And some part of my being told me that in that place I was gonna find help. And so I asked my sponsor to sponsor me that very first night. We talked the, the next day and we started working the program together and I've been abstinent ever since. My abstinence has changed over the years um, because um, understanding my disease has been a little tough. Um, and I slowly added, it was really hard for me at the beginning to say compulsive overeater because I never like ate from the garbage or like whatever those things we hear, but I would eat just cookies for a day. And so I feel like that's enough. But a part of me didn't want to admit, I was like, it was never that bad. Um, And then I had to add restriction because I had to admit that a whole, a long part of my story was dieting very obsessively and controlling my food and restricting. And then I had to add bulimia because I had to remember, I didn't even remember that I was bulimic for nine months when I did a semester abroad in Paris. And um, through working my program, I've been able to understand my version of Paris before program was that it was awful. French people were awful. No one ever talked to me. I was miserable. And working this program, I came to realize that I was locked in my house throwing up all day so of course i didn't talk i didn't talk to french people so i was throwing up um that's ten yes thank you um and so uh about the program because i'm halfway through and i've only been talking about the disease um so i started working the program immediately and it has completely changed my life I think part of the reason I was feeling so intimidated at the beginning is because a part of me thinks that I've gained much more recovery on the spiritual and emotional and less recovery on the physical because my food plan has always been a little bit loose 
My abstinence is three meals a day, two optional snacks. I have worked with a nutritionist whenever it's been recommended by my sponsor. And so right now I'm in a moment where she's really trying to get me to see a nutritionist because I'm, I'm falling back into being very confused about what I should and shouldn't be eating. Um, I recently gained some weight because I uh, mindlessly changed some protein. Like I changed eggs in the morning for oatmeal and it, I didn't even think about it. And, and I gained weight because I've known through all of my work with nutrition is that uh, I shouldn't have a heavy carb diet. Um, and so I'm in this particular moment a little confused about that. Um, but the reason I still consider myself abstinence, it, abstinent is because I eat three meals a day and two optional snacks and I don't overeat. And I feel like what this program has given me is I have learned to eat like a normal person, which is scary to say because then I could say, oh, I don't need this program anymore, I'm normal. And I know I will never be, but I have been relieved from the obsession of eating compulsively. I can stop. Um, but then what that meant is I very easily changed eggs for oatmeal and didn't even think about it. And I don't think that was good for me. So I still cannot trust my own thinking when it comes to making food choices. Um, and I definitely cannot trust my own thinking when it comes to assessing whether or not I'm in a healthy weight. Um, so recently I started, I decided I gained a lot of weight and I started like really changing my food plan and it started feeling like a diet. It started feeling 100% like a diet. I was looking at the calendar to see by what day I was gonna lose how much weight. Um, I was obsessed that I, I was convinced that I was completely overweight and so I went to see a professional and the professional told me, it's good that you realized and it's good that you're gonna make some changes but you are not, you're not even on the risk spectrum. You're not overweight. Like, so I need professionals to right size my thinking because I can very easily go to either side of the spectrum. Um, so the way I use my program, I um, go to three meetings a week However, I work another program, which I see my both programs really intertwined. And so depending on what disease is loudest that week, that's the one program I do two meetings of. And then the other program I do one of. So <coughs> sometimes it's two OAs, sometimes it's just one OA. Um, I talk to my sponsor every week. I have two sponsees. I read literature every night, which I'll try to get to some now. Um, and I'm not actively working my steps because I'm working them in the other program, but I worked all my steps from 1 to 12, and as I said at the beginning, it really, really, really transformed my life. And some of the places where I see the big change is 100% my marriage. I have a very, very healthy, loving, caring, um, respecting of the individual relationship where he gets to do his thing and I get to do my thing. Um, I get to bring all of my craziness to my program uh, and not to my marriage. Uh, we can communicate. I'm not scared. I'm not, I'm not obsessed every day that he's gonna leave me. Um, I trust that my higher power has a plan for me and for him and for both of us if that's what my higher power wants. Um, I'm able to really give my higher power most of the decisions I have to make in my life. So my professional life has also changed immensely. Um, 
I used to be a complete workaholic, put my work on top of everything, be very obsessed, uh, super anxious, have insomnia, and right now, and so that would be a factor why I would not be able to make it to meetings. And right now my program is absolutely my top priority and I go to my meetings no matter what. Or like this week when I, I was preparing for this talk, I made a choice to change to phone meetings because I'm also, I've been given the freedom to choose what's gonna work for me, uh, guided by my higher power, thank you. And this week I knew I, I needed to really prepare for, for Thursday's talk. Um, what else do I wanna say? Um, maybe I'll read and see what comes up. So the reading that I chose is September 3rd from for today. Indecision is like the stepchild. If he doesn't wash his hands, he's called dirty. If he does, he's wasting the water. Madagascan proverb. Indecision stems from fear of doing wrong with dire consequences. Oh dear, I must make the right choice, but what is it? I am so used to being in charge, I forget that I turned over control of my life to God, that my rule is to try to know God's will for me and then to do it. To keep indecision from throwing me into a panic, I keep repeating, thy will be done, not mine. Always my burden is lifted. I feel lighter. I realize that God's will for me is not to make the right choice, but to feel free to make mistakes, to be sane. For today, beginning this very moment, I turn my life and my will over to my higher power. And I chose that reading because indecision is definitely one of the biggest um, character defects and traits of this disease. And if I forget to turn my will over and to use my program, I can go crazy really, really quickly for the most minimal decisions that I have to make. And I can spend my entire life here from do I buy a coffee to do I have kids or not. And, and sometimes those two feel at the same level and they can take my peace equally. Uh, and so I just, I try to really practice that every day and I t completely work an imperfect program so often I forget and I go crazy and that's when my sponsor loving me reminds me that I haven't been working my program that strongly and that there's a solution and that if I only turn it over I'm gonna feel better and it always, always, always works. So what I have in my morning prayers uh, lately is to Please help me remember through the day to ask you to know your will and have the willingness to do it. Please give me the willingness to release and to give you my character defects so that you can remove them when you want. Um, please help me give you um, and turn over my <coughs> impatience that I feel uh, towards my husband when he doesn't do things the way I want him to do them. And so I just change, I have a note in my phone where I have my morning prayers, and when I do my weekly checking with my sponsor, I add or remove things, because sometimes I feel like, oh wow, God has really taken care of this one, so I don't, I, it doesn't need to go into my morning prayer anymore, and so I add a new thing, um, depending on what I'm going through. But it is, the core of my program is to have a conscious connection with God, I call my higher power God, and I actually love, I heard one speaker say once that, um, she said, just like, I, just like I say tissue paper Kleenex, I say HP God, like I'm not gonna try to 
get complicated about it. God works for me and that's it. Um, I think I actually want to say that also. It, the, day, the day that I surrendered what God meant for me, it's the day that my recovery really kicked in. I stopped trying to rationalize it. I stopped trying to define it and think something that would be sexy enough, but also spiritual enough. And because I didn't want to be like that non-cool person that has a God. And so when I, when I let go of all of those thoughts uh, that were serving me nothing, that's the day that my recovery really kicked in. And I just accepted that I have a God, that I have no idea what it means or what shape it has or what gender. Like, I just, I don't know and I don't care to define it. It's a force way greater than myself that has been guiding me all my life and that when I make the choice to ask for guidance, I receive immediate guidance. Now, the other part is that I want the guidance to come in the form that I want it and in the minute that I ask for it. And that's not the way my higher power works. Uh, sometimes I have to wait for a really long time. Sometimes I have to be confused for a really long time. And I just have to keep going back to this reading and many other readings and talk about it in meetings and talk to my sponsor and do a 10-step every night. And then sometimes the answer becomes very clear. Sometimes I stop thinking about whatever the question was. And I'm relieved from the obsession. Um, and so... That is how I work my program. Um, I think I have five more, but I don't think I have to fill it. Perfect. <laughs> that is wonderful. I am done. Thank you so much for listening.